0: And out of the mountains of West Papua, Pastor John Newfeld has prevailed from his first mission trip with New Philly. And he's got a word for us tonight. Right, let's welcome him up. It is exactly 9:30 right now, and that is when we're actually we, we plan to end Friday Fire at 9:30. I know it never happens, but uh, that's what we, we talk about that. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this relatively short so we can get back into prayer. Some important things to pray for after this as well. But um, yeah, first of all, I just wanted to thank everyone for for praying for us while we were on the field in China and in Jakarta in West Papua. It was such a blessing um, to be able to be out there, knowing that people were interceding so faithfully and so fervently for us. I don't think I've ever been on a trip before, a mission trip, with that kind of backing and prayer before. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Is Roy here, Roy is not here. Roy was heading up a lot of the intercession. I uh, just really blessed that we had a great time. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, like you've heard a lot of people say, we saw a lot of incredible things in West Papua. Uh, lots of healings, lots of, lots of inward healings as well. God was doing amazing things. He's got mighty plans, mighty plans for that area of the world, for that country. Um, so yeah, as the Lord brings it to mind and heart, keep pressing in for Indonesia, keep praying for that nation, the leaders there. Uh, God's going to do incredible things. So stay tuned and keep praying for what's going on there. Uh, today I'm just going to share briefly something that I feel God's been impressing on my heart since the trip. And what that is, is the importance, something that I call the importance of turning everything upward to God in prayer, turning everything upward. See, after a missions trip and after other busy seasons in life, it can be really easy to just crash, right? Right? And just, you know, let go of everything and just just rest in whatever way you've been dreaming of resting before. You just want a break. You just want to slow down. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's kind of like taking a vacation from God. Or it can be. As horrible as that sounds. But we like to crash because we're so tired. And we've we've held strong for the whole summer, right? We've had we've had the niagara praise rally we had niagara conference and before that we had the fast right we were pressing in hard pressing in hard pressing in hard and then we've had the mission trips the people that went were pressing in the people that stayed here were pressing in and what commonly happens is that people just kind of crash they let go and uh, and yeah so many it's so common for people to go through like desert seasons when you come home from a missions trip. And there are a number of reasons for that, but one of the reasons for that is that we fail to turn our resting season upward to God. We fail to look to Him in that. So I want to look at a short passage of scripture today that deals with this out of James 5. James Five, we're going to look at verse thirteen. I'll just read a few verses. Says this Is anyone among you suffering? let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. We'll just stop there for now. All right, so the point that James is making here is that whatever situation you find yourself in, the right thing to do is pray. The right thing to do is run to God, to pursue him. And James only lists three here, but I believe these three are kind of all-encompassing of of life, of different situations we might find ourselves in. Suffering, um, cheerful, and sick. And the NIV has some different wording there. That's more what I'm used to. But it's James saying whatever situation you find yourself in, pursue God. Run to God. And what I, I wanted to label or title this message, The Discipline of Turning Everything Upward to God. That's what I, don't title it that. Because that's, that's what I wanted to title it. Okay? <laughs> I wanted to title it The Discipline, because actually, I I like discipline. I know not everyone likes discipline, not many people, yeah, I, I know. But uh, I, uh, I connect well with discipline. Discipline makes sense to me. Uh, I grew up with a lot of it. Um, but, uh, But as I started to consider this message in light of what God has been teaching this house about sonship, I started to realize that... The more we become established in our identity as sons of God, the less we need discipline for this. The more we just enter into it. Because when you become more established in your identity as a son, the most natural thing for you to do in the world is run to your father. In any situation, in any circumstance, It's the only thing that makes sense to you. Why would you run somewhere else? Why would you, you know, withdraw to yourself when you've got a father who loves you and you're fully accepted, completely in every way, accepted by your father? The most natural thing to do is to run into the arms of your father. Whether you're sick or distressed or hurting, or happy, or excited, or whatever it might be. The thing that you actually want to do is run to God. And so what I want to do today is look a little bit at turning things upward, turning situations upward to God within the context of sonship. And to do that, I want to talk a little bit about my experience growing up with my earthly father and what God has taught me through my earthly father, some things about who my heavenly father is and what he's calling me into. So I'm just gonna look at a few a few different situations we might find ourselves in where God's calling us to run to him with those, with those situations. First thing, first lesson I, I learned from my father about relating to my heavenly father is that when I'm in trouble I need to run to God when you're in trouble run to God very simple concept but so many of us don't get it all the time right when we're in trouble we could run to all sorts of different places and and so often we don't actually run to God but that's where we're really needing to go when I was when I was growing up in Canada, I uh, trouble, yeah. I, I didn't actually get in that much trouble. I was I was a pretty good kid, really. I was. I know. My family back home is going to podcast and this and then they'll, they'll email you and tell you otherwise, but uh, they probably won't because it really it's true. I, I was I was a good kid, um, and. I was fairly obedient. I didn't really get into the wrong crowds. Um, when I was with the wrong crowds, I stayed in the periphery. I was I wanted to honor my parents. I wanted to please my parents more than anything else. But one thing that I really liked to do was drive. And I I know. I know. That's awful. That that wasn't that wasn't it. Driving driving's okay. I encourage you all to drive. I like to drive, but I like to drive fast. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, it's all right. I, uh, I take care of the church van very well. Don't, don't, don't worry. Um, <laughs> but um, when, I was, when I was in high school, like in Canada, you get your license in high school. You, you can't. You have the opportunity to. I got my license, and my parents owned a pretty nice car. When I was in high school, it was, it was a Volvo 740 turbo and it was, it was a bit older, but it was a Volvo and it was a turbo. (laughs) And so it could go pretty fast and, and I enjoyed driving that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so one day I was, I was driving in the city. It was Winnipeg, it was winter, and normally in Winnipeg in the winter, the roads are really icy, you got to be careful. But this day I was driving was a glorious day when the roads were dry. It was one of those rare winter days where you could, you could just drive because the roads were dry, and you could go you know as fast as you want, and you could handle it like it was in the summer. And so on this day, I was driving with a friend of mine from high school. We were driving from high school to so the school we were at to the airport, we are going to meet up with some other people there. And, um, and I was driving, driving a bit fast, faster than I should have. And I was pulling into the airport parking lot. And I hit what must have been the only patch of ice in the entire city of Winnipeg on the road. And so I, I was turning quick. I was driving fast. I hit the ice, spun out of control, got in a car accident. Yeah. And I, I felt this burden, like I was saying before, I was a people, or a parent police in particular. I, I pleased people, but mostly my parents. And I got in this wreck, made it to the airport, and I knew I had to call my dad. Because I couldn't do anything about the car. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any way to get it towed or anything like that. I needed to call my dad and tell him what happened. And so I, I kind of mustered up the courage. I felt terrible. I felt I think it was it was one of the worst feelings I'd had in my life to that point just because of the burden I felt for for taking care of my dad's car and that sort of thing. And I gathered up the courage to call my dad and I called him. And and at first I mean, he's, he's a loving father. He's like, "Are you okay?" You know, is everyone okay in the car? Everyone's everyone's all right." I said, "Yeah, yeah, dad, we're 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 all right." And I and he said, "Well, you know, just just wait there, just hold on, and, and I'll come and get you. I'll just come to the airport, and I'll pick you up, and we'll deal with the car later. And I was so, so relieved that my father, who I wanted to please so dearly, so badly, was gracious enough to just... Release me from that. I mean, there are consequences to pay and there are consequences I needed to pay for that. But I realized that situation that my dad in my situation of, of trouble, my dad was really the person that I needed to call. That I needed to talk to. He was the person I wanted to talk to the least because it was his car. It was me driving Yeah, his car. It was his car. And he, yeah, he liked that car. Um, But it was my responsibility. I was totally at fault. But in my situation, my time of trouble, I was able to call him. When I called him, I learned that situation, what God is calling me to do when I'm in trouble. When I'm in trouble, I need to come to God, to run to God, to run to God every time. And what makes it harder for us is when we're in situations of trouble and it's our fault. It's my fault. I got myself into this. I deserve, you know, nothing from God except his stern rebuke. But God's saying, run to me when you're in trouble. Whenever you're in a situation when you're in trouble, run to me. I'm your father. I love you. You're my son. Will work this out, run to me. And this trouble, it goes beyond just things we get ourselves into, but things like temptation. Like when you're tempted, often you can feel guilty about that, and you don't really want to run to God, but he's saying, that's when you need to run to me. When you're in trouble, run to me. It says in First Corinthians 10 that he provides a way out when you come to him. When you're in trouble, you've got to run to him. When you fall badly in sin, wow, then we really don't want to come to God. It's the last place we want to go. He's the last person we want to talk to. But he's saying, come to me. Run to me. When you're in trouble, when you find yourself in trouble, run to me. Pray to me. I'm your father. You're my son. This is our relationship. This is how it's done run to me. When you're in trouble, run to God. I was so grateful that my father was able to teach me that when I was growing up, to run to God when I'm in trouble. The second thing, that I, a lesson that I learned from my father as I was growing up about turning things upward to my heavenly father is that when you're hurting, run to God. When you're in a place of pain, when you're in a place of sorrow or sadness, run to God. He's your father, you're his son. There were times growing up when, I think the times when I was, re- when I was really young and I was hurting the most was when I'd, hockey was a big part of my life when I was younger. When I grew up playing hockey, And, and I was, I was a goalie growing up and goalies have a lot of burdens on them. You know, they can make or break a game. They can, um, yeah, everyone's looking to them. It's very easy to see a goalie's mistakes. Not so easy to see other players mistakes. But I remember times when I was, when I was young and I'd have a bad game. I remember a couple of times in particular where I just had a, a bad game. The coach was on me. Even though we were young, people took it pretty seriously, you know, the way they shouldn't take it in minor sports. Um, but I, I would hold it together after the game. I'd put on a brave face after the game. And then when I got in the car with my dad to drive home, then I could just let it out. And I could just, I could I could cry, you know? Yeah, I, I really could. I could cry because my dad was there and it was okay to cry with my dad. And he didn't need to say a thing. He didn't need to say a thing. He was just there with me. And I was with my dad and it was okay. And even more than those situations, one situation that struck me really hard when I was a bit older was a situation with my dad and my my younger brother. My younger brother, when he was 16 years old, he... His best friend died in a car accident when he was 16 years old. And I remember him getting the phone call to tell him that, that his friend, his best friend, had died. And I remember him going to my father and them sitting down on the couch in the living room together and just grieving together. Just grieving, just my brother was in agony, really. My father was in agony right beside him, you know, holding him, holding him, tears flowing. My brother understood that, that his dad is, is a good dad and that when he's hurting, he needs to run to him. And that's for all of us. In every situation that we are hurting in or distressed in, it can be easy for us to, you know, run to our friends when we're hurting. That that can be good. For introverts, it's easy to just withdraw and just be by yourself and just get in your thoughts, you know? I'm an introvert. I I know how that works. And God's saying, no, whatever season, whatever situation you find yourself in, run to me. Come to me. When you're suffering, pray to God. When you're suffering, run into the arms of your father. You're a son. Turn it upward. Always turn it upward. He's waiting for you to do that. So quickly, a third lesson that I've learned from observing my father is that when you need to rest, run to God. This can be, this can be so hard. This can be so hard for this. And I've been learning this more clearly over the past couple of years as I've done a better job of establishing a Sabbath in my life. When I was, through my college years, a Sabbath was so foreign to me because you're so busy. You're working, you're studying, whatever it might be. But over the past couple of years, as I've worked on establishing a Sabbath, I've discovered that when I take a Sabbath and I just crash and I do my own thing and I just watch movies or TV or something like that, and I think I'm getting rest, I never really get rest. It never really feels refreshing or rejuvenating. But the times when on a Sabbath, I just, I just spend time with God. I don't need to, you know, press in and war and intercession. I don't need to do that, you know. I just need to be with God to, to, to read or write or go for a run or, you know, just go for a walk or whatever it might be. That's when God meets me and refreshes me. It says in Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And for those of us in yeah, in that season right now, we're feeling tired and worn out. That's really what God's calling us to do, is to run to him and find rest in him. David says in Psalm 62, my soul finds rest in God alone. That's where rest is found. Keep turning it upward. When you need rest, run to God. Keep running to God. This is for every situation we find ourselves in. For, you know, when we're confused. When you are confused, run to God. He is your counselor. The Holy Spirit is the counselor that God has given us as a gift. Run to him. When you're sick... God is Jehovah Rapha. He is your healer. Run to God when you are sick. When you are lonely, run to God because He is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the comforter that comes from God. Whatever situation you find yourself in, turn it upward and run to God. And the beautiful thing About what I can learn about my Father, my earthly Father, about my heavenly Father, is that Jesus says something very interesting about my earthly Father in Matthew 7 and in Luke 11. He says that my earthly Father is evil. If you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? And I look at my Father, and my Father has been such a gift that God has given to me to teach me about His Father heart for me, that I grow in my identity as a son of God. And I consider Him and think, compared to to God as my heavenly father, my earthly father is evil. God is that good. God is that good. He will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And that's, that's simply what I feel like God's, God's word is for tonight wherever you find yourself, whatever situation you find yourself in, keep turning it upward to God. It takes discipline. But the more we grow in our identity as sons of God, the more natural it becomes. i going to close in prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are continually moving us, God, toward the identity, Lord, that we have, God, as sons of you, God, that you are continually pressing us in, moving us forward, God. You're calling us to greater revelation, God, of what it means that we are your sons, God, and that you are our Father, and that we have everything in you, God. God, I pray that you would continue, Lord, to press this truth into our hearts, God, day by day, week by week, that we would know what it means to be sons of God, fully accepted by you, Father, that you would press this into us, God, Lord, and that you would grace us to keep turning our situations, our circumstances upward to you, God, to find rest in you, to find hope in you, to find healing in you, God, to find everything, God, comfort in you, Lord. Yes, God, we pray that you would continue, God, move us down this path, this journey, this journey that you have us on of sonship, God. Thank you, Father. Yes, God, thank you for what you're revealing even now in the hearts of people in this room, God, concerning what we need to turn upward toward you, God, what we're neglecting, Father, to turn upward toward you. I pray that you'd highlight those things right now, God. You'd highlight them, God, in this room. Mm. Mm. Yes. Thank you, Father. We praise your name, God. We love you, God. We put our full hope and our trust and our joy. God, we find it all in you. God, we ask these things all in Jesus' name. Amen.